0: This is Jenny Veliki, and you're listening to the Funky Farm Girl Podcast. This is episode 51 An Introduction to Permaculture. This week, I want to introduce you to the principles of permaculture and give you a few examples of how we see it in our own yards and gardens, how we can begin to implement those types of regenerative agriculture changes in our own spaces. But before we get into that, we start each and every episode with what's going on on the homestead. So, this week, what's happening on the homestead is we have jumped into the world of Jumbo Coturnix quail. We have reached a new level of homesteading. Y'all, it is one thing to have a big garden, and to do it as organically as possible. It is quite another thing to jump into the world of being a chicken mama. And raising chickens in your backyard. It is quite another thing. To begin to raise food for the purpose of meat. This is a whole nother level of homesteading for us. And let me just warn you if you have not jumped to this level yet. It is not one that is... As well received as gardening and chickens um, I've had quite a few oh wow kind of comments or are you sure you're not getting into too much um, or "ooh, I don't know that I could do that or would do that um again we feel like it's really really important to be connected to our food sources and for us this is a natural next step it's a baby step into what we hope will one day be raising meat birds chicken Um, and so it's it's the next step for us These quail we were able to acquire from the same family that we got, Fred and Shaggy and Daphne and Velma. And so it was great to go back and see them and see how their little homestead is doing and how they're growing. And to be able to give them an update on our chickens and things like that. Um, These quail are pretty quick turnaround, which is one of the biggest reasons we chose them they will be ready to lay eggs at six to eight weeks old they're already almost two weeks old now and then they're able to be processed for meat at nine weeks old and so we have lined up a buyer with the local farm that will be buying our eggs from us to sell in their market and we will also be butchering quail for our own consumption and this actually comes at a really great time because this week we also found out that the deer that Gracie harvested back in the fall um, is quite gamey and is not making good ground meat and so we're not going to be able to eat the ground meat from this deer and instead we have found a friend who feeds their dog raw meat and we will be sending that meat to that dog to have instead so that the deer meat is not wasted and we will be eating lots of quail instead of lots of venison this year so new level of homesteading coming up here if you would like to see more about the quail you can follow me on instagram at the funky farm girl or you can send me your questions at jenny at funkyfarmgirl.com Now let's get into today's episode. This week I want to introduce you to the concept of permaculture. I'm sure that if you follow any homesteading accounts lately you've seen either the word permaculture or the phrase regenerative agriculture quite a lot and I I really today wanted to dive into what that means and give you some practical examples so that when you see it or when you hear people talk about it, you know where they're coming from and what their mindset is. And at the same time, I want to begin to do a little bit of a deeper dive into certain parts of permaculture so that you can see how we're trying to apply it to our own homestead. And we can learn together different ways that you could possibly apply some of these principles on your own property. Whether that is a suburban neighborhood or whether it's a small homestead like ours. So let's dive in first to exactly what is permaculture. What is regenerative agriculture? basically what it boils down to it's paying attention to the ways and balances of nature so that we work with mother nature rather than against it so we're paying attention to the things that are provided we're paying attention to the things that are in abundance and the things that are not abundant we're paying attention to the resources that are there and we're paying attention to how they work together And we're looking to that for our solutions to problems. We're looking to that for how we begin to design and lay out the different parts of our homestead. So that they all work together well. So I want to first introduce you to three pillars of permaculture. These are basically the principles or the ethics that guide the vision of permaculture. And they are number one, care for the earth. Number two, care for people. And number three, reinvesting abundance. So the first one, caring for the earth. Uh, The most important thing is that we recognize and value the resources that come into and leave your land. And so you want to recognize what a valuable thing it is that you're bringing in. And make sure that it is bringing the most value. So if you're bringing in compost, you're wanting to make sure that it's from an organic source. That you know exactly what it's from and where it's been and what it's made of. And those kinds of things. Um, If you're buying plants, you want to know how they were raised and what their native area is is it even something that's able to be grown in your zone Um, is it something that um, needs particular light or water or shade or whatever that is Um, value those resources and give them what they need and also Make sure that the things that are leaving your land, the produce of your land, are also seen and recognized as valuable. So the way to do that is to make sure that the the ways that you're growing things are supporting your land and supporting and encouraging abundance more than just production. And We'll talk more about how to do that through these coming weeks. Number two is care for people. So we care for people by taking responsibility for ourselves. By being producers more than consumers. And so it's about we care about people. We care about the food that they eat. We care about where their food comes from we care about giving them the highest quality healthiest best choices that we can and that includes us and that includes our families and so because we care for people especially the people that maybe if you're like me as a wife and as a mom the people that I'm in charge of caring for my own family I do the things I do because I care about my family I care about my people. And I want to give them the healthiest, best quality food that I possibly can. And by growing some of that myself and being able to do that in an organic way that helps to care for the soil and the land. And cares for the animal as well as the people that it's feeding. um, that's, That's what permaculture is. That's a major tenet of this philosophy. And so we want to care for the earth. We want to care for the people. And we also want to reinvest the abundance. Because when we care for the earth. And we're caring for our people or the things that we're producing. Um, nature is going to respond with abundance. We're going to produce a ton of food. We're going to produce a ton of of fuel or fodder or whatever it is that we're trying to produce Um, two great examples of reinvesting abundance in a permaculture way is rainwater and compost when you're taking all the abundance from that garden and you're going to harvest it and eat it and you have all those little scraps and you give it to your chickens. Or if you don't have chickens. You put it in your compost bin. And one way or the other. That ends up going back into the soil. And decomposing. And adding nutrients and things to the soil. Which produce rich compost. That we then can put right back on that garden. And produce abundance again. Um, same thing with rainwater. Even if you. For example LA. Only gets six inches of rain a year but if you were to develop a system that catches the rain water um, my friend kevin over at epic gardening on instagram has a great water catch catchment system set up um, you could go check him out on instagram and scroll through and find his post about his water system but he's able to catch over three 3,000 gallons of water a year for his garden because of his water system that he has set up that catches the rainwater and so that produces an abundance of water for his garden and then his garden produces an abundance of produce for him and so it goes back to caring for people um we can use the abundance of our produce to care for the people around us. By, you know, last year I had an abundance of lettuce. Had no idea how I was gonna eat all the lettuce I did. And so I filled up plastic grocery bags and would go out and I'd harvest a grocery bag full of lettuce and I had like six bags full of lettuce and I just walked around to all my different neighbors and knocked on their door and here you go, I brought you some lettuce. Um, Sometimes we're swimming in eggs and I'll do that with them with eggs. Um, This year we're hoping to donate to a local produce store that does tiered pricing so that lower income people can use their EBT cards and things like that to buy fresh local produce. And they're able to keep their prices low because local farms and things will donate produce to them um, to keep their costs down and things so that they're able to give back to the community and and help people budget the money that they have to get the best freshest local produce that they can on a limited budget we also um are going to be we have two plants that we're going to be getting from the local farm store here in the next day or two that those two plants are being donated buy this store and we will take those plants plant them with the rest of our stuff and everything from those two plants is going to a local food bank so everything we produce from at least those two plants I think we've committed that we're going to do more than just those two that will I'm going to have a row or so that I'm going to make sure goes to that particular food bank so just reinvesting the abundance it's not that we want to produce tons and tons and tons and keep it Um, it's about again caring for the earth taking that abundance and making compost out of it taking that abundance and caring for people and caring for those around us and so those are the three pillars of permaculture and so in thinking through those i wanted to give you some examples of how Permaculture works in just an everyday garden situation so that you'll understand the kinds of things that I really want to unpack and talk about more over the next couple weeks. So, first of all, when we go to plant in our gardens, we're not going to plant the same thing in the same spot that we planted last year because we know from commercial farms that when they plant the same crop, year after year after year after year eventually that soil is depleted and the nutrients that those plants require is no longer there because it's just been sucked right out of the soil Uh, it's not being regenerated every year the soil's not being amended and given back what what it what has been taken from it and so for example in my garden where I planted sweet peas last year Um, This year, I'm planting tomatoes. Where I planted the tomatoes last year is where I'm planting the cucumbers. Where I planted the cucumbers last year, I'm not real sure what's going there yet. Um, Where I'm planting okra, I moved it over and I'm planting it in a different spot. I'm planting peppers there this year where I planted the okra last year. So just rotating where you put things in your garden and where... Um, things will grow. Last year I had um, melons on the side of my house and this year I have garlic. Um, just planting something different in a different spot so that you're not constantly sucking the same nutrients out of your soil. Um, adding in compost or manure or anything that you're adding back into the soil that really helps to feed it after it's been depleted from the things that you've grown. Even a cover crop that specifically is maybe a nitrogen fixer or something like that to grow to put back in the soil what's been lost. Um, I know that we learned from our gardening class that we were taking through 4-H. The little garden that we're able to use for that space they plant that with daikon radishes and rye winter rye grass um, as a cover crop one it holds the soil in place two the daikon radishes are rather large and they bore holes down in the ground and they don't pick those radishes they leave them there and so then when the really really cold winter weather comes it freezes those radishes and they decompose and they leave that big hole in the ground. And then the decomposition of those plants and those root vegetables adds nutrients back into the soil. And so then by the end of the season, you have soil that has had nutrients added back into it, that has been fed um, The decomposed plants that also add to the nutrition of the soil the nutrients of the soil and it's been aerated and so then when you go to plant again in the spring that soil's been rejuvenated it's been renewed and so it's ready to plant new things there another thing is to think in terms of big masses of mixed plants where we're, we're using companion planting and it's it's not neat little spaced out rows but it's lots of abundance again um, all together planted in ways that there's room for things to grow but they're not all spaced out there's there's no room for weeds to come in because you've got everything right there together all cozy And so this reminds me more of like the old English gardens. Not like the stuffy English gardens. But if you think of like cottage gardens and things that you see in English movies and things like that. Where it's just like gobs and gobs of flowers and things just everywhere. And that's the kind of thing I'm I'm aiming for when I'm aiming for my permaculture garden. I want the flowers in there with the vegetables along with the herbs because the flowers are going to bring the pollinators, and certain herbs are going to either repel pests or they're going to attract beneficials. And then you have the plant there that's growing that is using those flowers and the herbs and the nutrients from that to help replenish what it's pulling out of the soil so that it has enough to grow and flourish. And all those things are working together. And they create abundance another example would be we talked about um, the chickens in the garden and how when you give the chickens the compost the scraps from the garden and they eat it and they scratch around and it decomposes in their run and becomes compost and then you take that compost and you put it back on the garden so the garden is feeding the chickens and then the chickens are feeding the garden and then even better you put the chickens in your garden at the end of the season and let them eat what's left and till it up and eat weeds they'll eat bugs that shouldn't be there Um, they'll scratch it up and till it for you and um, it's just a great little beneficial between the two of them Uh, where they're they're both um, benefiting from each other and it's also creating a sense a simple solution to a complex thing where you need to feed your chickens and they need to have a great diet and you also need to tend to your garden and till and weed and fertilize and and get rid of pests and things and you can do both of those things with chickens and the garden together So if you want to learn more about that, you can go back to episode 45 where I talked about that in depth um, with permaculture chickens. Another way that we um, can implement the permaculture um, view into our gardening spaces or into our yards It's through edible landscaping and we talked about that in episode 49 where your land is not there just to have a great big thing of grass that just grows. Um, Your land is there to be useful and also beautiful and so we have edible landscaping where not only are you planting um, bushes that look beautiful that could serve as a hedgerow or a privacy um, blockade of some kind or they can they can create a boundary line somewhere where you need one or division of your property Um, but they can also produce food for your family Um, this is also where having flowers uh, in your front beds that have medicinal purposes so that Not only do you have flowers that are bringing in pollinators and creating beauty, but they're also able to be used in a lot of different ways that benefit you from a medicinal point of view. And one last example is something called a fruit tree guild. And a fruit tree guild is basically companion planting, but on a larger scale with trees that produce fruit. Where... You're you're almost trying to reproduce like a forest canopy type thing where you have the big tall tree, and it requires nutrients and things from the soil, and so you plant things around it that maybe it needs acid, an acidic soil, and so you plant things that help make the soil more acidic, um, or maybe it's prone to a certain type of pest and so you plant either something that repels that plant plant, or you plant things that attract insects that eat that pest so you have just a small little ecosystem right there with that tree where there's things underneath it that are working together to bring in good insects repel bad insects give the soil the nourishment that it needs so that the tree has everything it needs and because that tree is so well supported with all those things underneath it it's going to produce what an abundance and that is um, what we're aiming for with permaculture If all of this inspires you, I really would um, encourage you to check out two resources. Number one is called Tenth Acre Farm. Tenth Acre Farm is on, is an online website that you can go to. They have a blog there with so much information about permaculture. I'm really grateful for everything that she has there because that's where I'm learning so much of what I am doing. Um, So Amy over at 10th Acre Farm is just amazing with the way that she um, explains permaculture principles. And again, if you notice the name 10th Acre, she doesn't have a lot of land. Um, And I know a lot of you are in positions where you want to homestead. You want to begin to implement some of these self-reliant self-sustaining type practices and I really believe that permaculture is just a natural fit for that and Amy over at 10th Acre Farm is just incredible with um, helping us to do that she's also written a book called The Suburban Homestead I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well as to her website Suburban Homestead is one of the best books I have read for using permaculture principles to get the most out of your small space and produce food and things that help to make you self-reliant as a homesteader even when you only have a small amount of land seriously it's the best book i've read on the subject so i will put a link to that in the show notes as well and if you can still find it i believe it's called biggest little farm on amazon prime It's a documentary about a family who got a farm that was just very depleted of all the resources and things. Um, Definitely had been commercially used and, and was just wiped out. And they explain how they use permaculture principles to rebuild this farm and how it's just flourishing and beautiful and so abundant now. The caveat on that will be um, the some of the things they're going to do in there are not things that are realistic for an average homesteader to achieve on their own they definitely had funding and grants and things like that that were that were given to them in order to do such a big project, but it definitely inspires you to think about how you can begin to do some of those things and implement them in small ways in your own yard. So um, I believe it's called Biggest Little Farm. I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. So I hope that this little introduction to permaculture has inspired you to rethink how you're managing your garden, your land, or your homestead and if you're interested we're going to continue this little study next week and dive into permaculture principles with rainwater we'll talk about swales and retaining rainwater in a way that benefits your yard um, and helps to um, send it where it needs to be keeps it out of where it doesn't need to be um, and again, we'll do that with swales and rain gardens and um, drainage systems. So, stay tuned next week for more on permaculture gardening. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Or send me an email with your feedback and questions. Jenny at com. That's Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at thefunkyfarmgirl.com see you next week thanks for stopping by y'all if you're inspired by what you've heard today the best compliment you can give me is to share the funky farm girl with your friends you can stay connected by following the funky farm girl on instagram facebook and youtube until we meet again next week remember to bloom where you're planted